3: All right, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Hoop. I am your host, Maples, a.k.a. J. Maples. I am here with, as always, my co-host, Kings. Kings, what's going on with you, man?
2: Man, you know, pushing through, doing good, living good. My sure. brother
3: is chilling right now. Wave cap, two diamond earrings in, life is good. <laughs> man, got the fresh cut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man.
2: We living okay. We living okay. If, y-
3: if y'all can see it, <laughs> nah. Anyway, this week we have a very, very uh, special guest, uh, one of the homies from Twitter. I have potted with him before. Glad to have him back. The homie Chris Connor. he is a contributor to the Bear Rights Organization, which follow Pelicans basketball. Chris, what is going on with you, man?
1: Well, first, of all, I have to thank you guys for having me on here, man. Um, I want to say I'm doing my best to adjust to an 11 o'clock podcast <laughs> central time, man. This shit crazy. I, and look, right, I told my girl – I was like, look, like we were supposed to be, uh, we were supposed to be watching something. I forget what it was. Like, yo, I'm i uh, I'm gonna leave about ten thirty to do a podcast. She looked at me all crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, see that. that, that Eleven we, o'clock. She's like, you know what I mean? But I, you know,
3: we we so appreciate like, man, you, man. We, we, we appreciate you, man. You know, showing us that West Coast love. We appreciate you, man. That's how we bridge the gap on Twitter beef. You feel me? We got to break time barriers.
2: <laughs> 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 gotta do what we gotta do for real. Honestly, we, are oh, get, we, we are going to
3: get we are going to get in some Pelicans stuff. You know, Chris is a you know loyal fan of the team, following him for years, uh covers him, one of the best one of the better writers coming up on uh in NBA Twitter that I like. I enjoy him a lot. He definitely dropped some uh some heavy one liners amongst the Nodge. I appreciate that last one, man. That, that was the one I posted. What was it? The uh Lonzo Stands and Lonzo haters. <laughs> get comfortable. He's not gonna
0: place. Yeah. Yeah. It's a safe place.
3: That was nice. Uh however, we do start off uh, with the Lakers. Uh, The big news this week, obviously, uh, the LeBron James injury, high ankle sprain, uh, four- to six-week timetable minimum, Um, rough, kind of a freak play. Um, First off, I'll ask both of you before we get going into the details of that. Was it a dirty play to you? I saw Solomon Hill got tons of backlash on social media. People were in his DMs talking to him crazy. Kings, uh, I'll start with you before we go to our guest uh, is that a dirty play to you, or just a, kind of a not smart play?
2: Yeah, I mean it's just one of those plays where it's like uh, you don't think. I mean, you obviously don't expect him to be trying to do anything wrong. Uh, you're not. He's not intentionally trying to hurt LeBron. Obviously, he's trying to, you know, he you know he wants to make a play somehow. Um, is, is it the smartest thing that could have been done? Obviously not. But I played before. You know, you played before. You know, when you're in the heat of competition, especially in a close game, because it wasn't a close back and forth game, you know, you're just trying to do whatever it takes to win, get your team possessions. Like, when you actually play, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's just certain things that you're going to do that is, like, to outsiders, people looking at the game, it's like, why would you do that? But it's like, when you're in the game, man, it's like, you're not thinking that, oh, I'm not going to go for this ball uh, because this guy might get hurt. You know what I'm saying? I that's not crossing your mind. You're just trying to get the ball. <laughs> Obviously, if you're a Laker player, that's your star guy go down. Someone like Trez, you know what I'm saying? They're gonna look at and be like, "Well, he shouldn't have done that and all that," because you know that's their star player. They don't want to be without their star player. Obviously, you know they're gonna say that, but it's like it's like he he's he's trying to he's trying to make a basketball play. Like it may be reckless and all that, but if you look at the you know the replay, he's trying to make a basketball play.
3: Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't dirty, you're just not smart.
2: Yeah, it's just not smart, obviously, because another player is at risk. happened to be LeBron. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just not a smart play, but he's not trying to do anything wrong. Man. That's just what it is. Chris,
1: go ahead. The first thing, well, I'll ask you a question. I, I don't think it was a dirty play. Um, you know, I'm with, I'm with Kings on that. Um, so the first aspect is you're Solomon Hill. Okay. So your minutes are limited. Your impact is limited. Mm-hmm. Um your your amount of time in the NBA is limited in regards to what's left. So every single minute that you have left on this floor, you're fighting. Okay? Yeah. Um yep. and you're going against the best player in basketball, man. You got a moment, you got a chance right now to force a turnover to get the basketball. You ain't thinking about nothing else in that moment but I'm going to find a way to get this ball force turn up, whatever the case is. Um, and then, you know, background, man. If you, if you know anything about Solo, I mean, he, you know, he played with the Pelicans for, for a few years or, or, you know, robbed the Pelicans, however you want to look at it. Um, <laughs> however, you know, I, he, he ain't – he getting some of this shade. Uh, but, um, he, man, he's far – he's far from a dirty player, man. That's just a dude, man, trying to go out there and make something happen. I do agree with you, man. Anytime, you know, in almost any sport, man, you down there by the, you know, the lower leg area, you know, it's it's always a risky play that, you know, in some cases you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't make. But I don't, I can't foresee in that situation that him him having time to process all that. He's just trying to make a play. And I and something else that I saw, and I'm curious what you guys think. When I watched the replay, I think Caruso actually causes more harm than Solo does, Mm -hmm. because. Uh, because Solo, no, 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 no. So, so when Solo, when Solo, um, when the ball is loose and Solo's going for the ball, Caruso runs runs by both of them and he bumps into Solo. Actually, that ends up bumping into LeBron and then you see Brian falling down after that. Now, I can't see 100% if they ended up bumping into each other, but it looked like for me, Caruso running into the pitcher may have played a role more than just what it would have been if it was just those two there fighting for the ball. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, when it's all said and done, though, man, I, it, that, that's not a dirty play. It's just an unfortunate situation, and we hope Brian, you know, uh, heals up fast, man.
3: Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm with y'all. Just not maybe, Kings, especially. Maybe not the smartest player to look at the replay. Looking at the chances he actually had to get the ball all <laughs> right. the way there. But, I, you know, the guy, like I said, ends of the rope maybe of his NBA career, trying to hang on, trying to show what he still got left in the tank, trying to survive, you know, livelihood. I definitely don't think it's, it's, it's a dirty play. Um, but, yeah, I, I got to probably take a little look at that Caruso thing that you brought up, Chris. But I just – like you said, oh, yeah, when, yeah. When, when bodies get tangled, you know, the lower the balls around the lower leg area, you guys are diving. It's always kind of dicey. When he gets uh, to that type of situation, moving on. So this is the Lakers' first game without LeBron or AD. It's obviously against a contending team in the Phoenix Suns. It's obviously a struggle. Uh, they're down by 18 with uh, 37 seconds left. Live update. Uh, it was always going to be rough. This this being the first game a hot, a scorching hot Phoenix Suns team without you know your two best players and Marcus right? It's always going to be tough. But Kings for them to kind of tread water here they're they're, they're third in the west I believe there's a whole cluster of uh of teams in that spot with Utah and Utah leading the way Phoenix is there and then you got the Clippers kind of far kind of not far behind so how do they survive Kings how do they kind of tread water without without LeBron and AD here for at least for another week or so before AD tries to come back
2: you're gonna have to you're gonna have to have the role players play hard every night. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff where dudes who were missing shots were hesitant or they were going through the motion, you can't have that no more. You have no margin for error for you to just hope that LeBron or is gonna b go out on a stretch and a bail you and your bad play out. Like guys like KCP, guys like Westmaster, they have to play good. Um uh, I think I seen somebody say K C P should probably be benched for THT. Uh I'm not against that because honestly at this point you uh <laughs> you need all the guys who are willing to play and perform um that that are ready to to be able to steady the ship um you know because you can live with KCP just being a force baser when lebron's out there but when lebron's not there, you need guys who's gonna produce yeah but because this is a tight western conference race you uh you know there's it's it's, it's very. Minimal separation that's going on, you know, in, in these standings. So
3: yeah, real, real yeah, to your point before, before real quick, you got the, you know, Portland's got 25 wins. They're in the sixth seed by game and a half. Lakers got 28 wins. They're in the third seed. So it's literally three games between three and six. And so you're, yeah. you're absolutely right there. Continue. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. So it's no, it's no time to for for Vogel for Polinka to just accept guys just not producing, like you have to get guys who are going to produce and honestly, I was one of the fans who was saying you know, when we had Braun there, I was like, you know, trade some of these guys who are inconsistent, the guys guys who are consistent because you can't rely on this type of, you know, mentality. Remember I had those tweets that said put, you know, West and KCP on the trade block. (laughs) Now fans are saying put West and KCP on the trade block. I didn't say that for no reason. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like people take certain things for granted. Like when LeBron's making it look good, they just they think it's okay, it's acceptable to just say, "Oh, maybe they'll get it together." But now LeBron's not there, so now you need them to get it together. You know what I'm saying? In a situation where it's like you need them to perform, it's kind of like a playoff situation. You need them to perform, and they're not performing. So if they can't do it now, it's not this isn't these aren't guys who I would want in a playoff situation where if they're in a tough situation and they need to perform now and they can't it's going to be difficult to expect them to down the right. line. So, right. yeah, they're going to need guys to perform. And I think having Gasol will get them some wins. Uh, like, looking at today's game, they, people are saying Aiden did whatever he wants. Like, we've said, this all matters, uh, you know, to the Lakers team. Um, you know, even when he was missing the first game with Damian Jones, who was in, you know, Aiden still had another good game. You know what I'm saying? The, right before the All-Star break. So, Gasol coming back will help. Uh, fix you know those type of situations, but Rob's gonna have to be busy. Everybody's praying for Drummond. I don't know really what that does, but I mean at this point they need all the time they could get. <laughs> right, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> uh, one of the,
1: one of the things I want to point out that's kind of funny to me, right? Like I um, it's interesting in in Lakers land when I be watching like y'all like tweet simple stuff about trading role players, how like. Violent on Twitter that that turns people into, <laughs> but,
0: but
1: but it's like but but what's crazy to me is like if I would have typed if I would have tweet like trade the Alexander Walker and Nicole and Melly, we I would get no attention like that I don't know if that's just the L A thing or what's <laughs> happening over there but 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 for. Like trading role players just, just turns into hell for y'all over there. So that's that. That's just funny, that uh, I'm thinking about now. Um, it's ridiculous, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, y'all y'all wired different on that side, man. I don't. Um, but yeah, I I think. Um, I mean, the first thing is, man. I look at the schedule. Yeah. Up to mid-April, it is. Yeah. Ugly, man. <laughs> man. It is ugly. I think the sweetest game I saw to like mid-April was like Orlando, and Orlando. It's not like Orlando out here laying down to people either. You right. know what I'm saying? So like, oh my God. Like I Brooklyn, you it, it's you you Clippers, you got you got New Orleans on Tuesday. You got like they don't have many nights off. Even even Cleveland, like, for what it's worth, they're gonna defend I think they beat um who did they who did they beat today?
3: They beat the Nets I'm, back I'm, back earlier this year.
1: So I mean like it's there's, there's not going to be any, any easy, you know, you know, we can like, they're going to have to bring it every night. And like, and like King said, in regards to the role players that puts a lot on them because I mean, I mean, another aspect is like these teams are going to be coming for their heads, man. They don't right, care. Like, that, yeah. <laughs> right. They don't, they don't care. The out. They, they trying to stump stuff on the Lakers next, however they can during this period. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think what's interesting is, um, now you're at a spot from a death perspective where, you know, I mean, no ad, no Bron, no Marcus all. Um, you know, where do you pull? Like, who's the who's the first, outside of Tresh? Who is who is six seven? Who is the legitimate big man that you can put out there that's going to give you consistent minutes right now? I know, I know, Damian Jones was there for a little bit. I
3: yeah, don't that's, know the, that's the that's a great that's a great question you raised because. This made me believe that a roster uh, move was on the way because they actually let Damian Damian Jones go. Yeah, we got two open roster spots so that made me believe that they have something cooking to kind of address that. So, but it's gonna be rough in the meantime, like you said, without anybody to kind of plug in there. I didn't even think Coop Coos plays from center t- t- tonight <laughs> just, just just in spots. Um, yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's gonna be rough. I, I I don't know. More so, I think you guys. You're probably gonna lean more on you know, uh, Coos, uh, obviously. Who can score? Uh, Dennis is going to be leaned on heavily to initiate and carry the offense. Tht who can create? Like those three guys are going to have to play a lot more And trans. Probably can probably get the ball a lot more. So,
1: Kim, who's the one that answers the runs? Right? Like right. <laughs> we see. I when I watch when I watch the Laker game, I go to appear like okay they up they up fifteen, and I'll turn it off. I'll go do something else. I go do laundry. Come back. And the game is tied, or they're down, or I mean, or they're or they're up five, like like the Charlotte game. I I thought multiple times the game like the game was over. Charlotte Charlotte team to make runs. Brian would end up would end up making a few plays. going would make a few plays. Well, now when shit gets tough, my question is, who's gonna be the guys for them that consistently answers runs from opposing teams? You know, now that you know, like King said, you don't have Brian or A. D. to bail you out. You know, I mean, it's I know they're gonna defend. I'm not concerned about that, but um, I, I think, you know, are they going to be able to score enough points against this murderer's row of uh, tough opponents that they're going to have to face in these next two, three, four weeks?
3: Yeah, that'll be, that'll be the issue. And, Kings, you brought it up about trades. Uh, how do you think, going to the next phase of this, how do you think this LeBron's injury, possibly being out for a month or more, how do you think this affects the Lakers' activity in, you know, trade buyout season. You're more aggressive, less aggressive, uh, take a big swing. What, what what do you think here?
2: They have to be aggressive, bro. Like, they can't sit and just wait on the buyout. One of the things that I was telling people was waiting for the Andre Jones buyout was like, first of all, he has to get bought out. You know what I'm saying?
3: Right. And there's right. a
2: buyout deadline. I think it's a, what's the buyout deadline? The 29th? It's
3: a couple weeks, I think. It's not, it's not too far away. It's this month for sure. Yeah, so it's,
2: it's those are some games, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be games played in the intermediate that he could have helped, you know, or somebody having a big there could have helped that you're going to be throwing away just to pray he gets by. And what if he doesn't get by now? You know what I'm saying? That You know what I mean? Like, you, you, like, it's just too much. It was too much. Lakers fans were too much focused on – trying to do home runs again with like you know trying to get guys who have a big name who have some type who have like wonky contracts and thinking that you can just sign him you'll be okay as opposed to you know trying to push for things that you can do in the intermediate that would be you know meaningful upgrades like I love West defense I want him to I wish he could have got it together um but I mean, if you have if you have the ability to package that for a Wayne Ellington trade, I mean, I don't know why you're waiting. That's you know I mean, day. like, they like <laughs> Pistons just want a second round, bro. Like I don't know what you're waiting on. You know, you could package McKinney in the second round to get Wayne Ellington. Like if if, if that's the case, you could package McKinney in the second round to get the Wayne Ellington, still keep money to get buyout spots. Like you no, know, just margin trades. You know, I think there's people are still thinking, oh, well, what about PT? Man, who cares about PT at this point? you need guys who are gonna pull, who are gonna produce when they play. Like all this hope, like playing guys and hoping that they get it together at some point, that's out the window. It gotta be, it gotta be, you know, by a production standpoint right now. You know what I mean? Like it gotta be, if you're producing, you're playing. If you're not, I gotta pull somebody else who's doing it because you don't have a margin of error, man. You just don't, you just don't.
3: The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff.
1: We know
3: you. We know you, the Pelicans guy, Chris. But go ahead, and tap in here. Let us know what you what you think. You know, the Lakers are going
1: to do here. I mean, one you, thing you, I'm you, you cannot
3: say trade for Eric Bledsoe either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> man, Eric Bledsoe ain't worth the washing machine now, man. Hey. <laughs> my my, okay. Um, man, I you know what? What I wonder is, does it does it change the the position or the you know the particular need? for this period you know i mean of course if you were looking if the goal was looking towards towards andre Drummond, i mean and you know when the lakers are healthy you know you can just if if possible you can add the best player available and make it work but right now you know uh the guy that a guy that you may add that may work once guys are healthy he may not help or he may not help as much during this particular period where you know guys are trying to fill in at different spots different roles so um I mean, I think considering, um, I mean, and we know we know Brian is going to push it and try to be back as early, you know, as early right. as possible. Right. Yeah, right. He's going to he he's going to get the best the best treatment that he can possibly find to make it work. Um, but I mean, I think that they'll probably still take the long, you know, the uh, the long approach, trying to fit players that's going to fit the final pitcher towards the end. And yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree that, that that's going to have to um, land them with being with being aggressive. I, you know, I, I guess my question is, who are they going to be able to get? Because if you wait for the buyout, like you said, there's always a chance that, that, it, that it may not happen. Or right. if you do end up getting a guy to buy out, they may end up going somewhere else. I mean, that's a rough, that's a rough, uh, a rough gamble of sorts. I think that they need to be aggressive on the on the trading landscape, whether it be a playmaker, whether it be a big man. You know, they're gonna have to find a way to make something work, not just. Or down the line, but to get through this stress, they there, you know, maybe these two to four weeks that
3: they won't have their best player. Yeah, it's just, and for me, the names I had was Wayne Ellington, obviously, as yeah, same as that. I saw the price of just a second round pick, which to me is not expensive at all for what he would bring to the table. Lakers need shooting bad. Um, he's not a horrible defender, but he can be hidden in a Lakers scheme, in my opinion, so I think he'd definitely be a plus. Uh, also, with Brian being out this long, it also made me, it was kind of a long shot, but the name, the Oladipo. If you can kind of make the salaries match, you might. Only thing is, you might have to say buy the cools, and he's taking such good steps where he's a bargain contract right now. So that's the only iffy part of it. So I don't, I don't know about. It. What, you, what do you think about the Oladipo, you know, talks Kings?
2: I remember, I was there saying, you know, I was, you know, we was in the GC talking about yeah. making it work. Trez, KCP, get Depot and then. Now you have saved, you know. I mean, you, you create extra money for, you know, you know, a buyout big. Um, I'm not sure if you'll have as much now because uh, the fact that you have two spots landing, you just have enough. And I think contract from KCP and Trez, just barely enough for depot, So I'm not sure that'll be. I'm. I think you'll be missing one spot. Um, but I, I think. I think it's worth exploring, you know, doing the uh, KCP. And, and Trez for deep um, just taking a swing for the fences uh, if, if if you can't get I mean that's obviously if you can't get what you want to get around the margins um, see so if you can take a swing for the fences like that because honestly um, you you gotta try and make the play in you know, or be in position to make the set play in uh, the only thing I'll be cautious now is that Trez is really hooping and uh yeah we, we just, <laughs> everybody we can get and I don't like the idea of trading for other people who's already a risk and then not having enough to fill out the rest of your roster like that just doesn't that doesn't sound appealing to me so for me it just has to be attach a second round and swap a guy out for another guy so like I said going for Ellington with the second McKinney and then trying to pray for the buy market to fill out those last two spots in the meantime with quality players like uh, I was against the Marcus Aldridge on the buyout. I'm not because you know you need talent. <laughs> so if Marcus Aldridge gets bought out available, you gotta sign him, bro. <laughs> like you just you have no yeah, choice. Just, at
3: yeah, this, that's uh. Is that is that that point? They're just it's trying to so survive and not hard, not fall too far in the playoffs. I mean, with, with I don't think for the Lakers home court isn't an issue. So I don't think falling the fifth would be the worst thing.
0: But the
3: six, six is where it gets dicey because you possibly could pull. Talk about the toughest road possible to the finals where you're facing the, look, the Jazz and the Clippers or the, the Suns, you know, I'll, I'll like say, the
2: finals. I'll say this, bro. I, I honestly don't care if they're an A seed because I'll tell you this right now. Whoever that one seed is don't want to play LeBron AD in the first round.
3: That's
0: true. They're going to
2: be sweating bullets. <laughs> yes. They're going to be funny. sweating bullets to play LeBron and AD in the first round. They're going to be sweating. So, look. No matter who's the one C, two C, Ad and Brown, we're gonna have to play and beat them anyway. It's gonna be pressure on those guys because they had a successful season and now all of a sudden that don't mean nothing because you get to you have to play LeBron, Ad in round one. So it's gonna be all pressure on those teams. Actually, that's something they don't want. I don't think. I I think the Lakers just getting healthy at this point is all that matters because we know when they're healthy, they're a title-contending team. The seeding, honestly, just really just doesn't matter. It's just can you make the playoffs at this point? Right, my <laughs>
3: my, my final question before we move on, where are you comfortable with them returning where you feel, okay, they're ready for the playoffs? Is it two weeks before, a month before, a month and a half before? Where do you think you'll be comfortable with, say, okay, give them this X amount of time to work out the kinks, get back in shape and kind of play in shape, get the your know, AD was out of shape when he was playing. He had you know, he had that relaxed off season. We all we all saw him when he was playing. So were you comfortable with them getting uh you know getting back and getting enough you know, reps to say, okay, we're ready for playoff basketball.
2: Well here 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 here's my top take on that. And I know some Lakers fans are gonna want to hear that, but guess what? I think you need to hear this. If AD's ready to come back before Brown, he got to come back. There's, <laughs> there's Laker Lakers fans who are saying he needs to come back when Brown comes back, bro, you're not in that type of conference, bro. Yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> not. you're not and honestly this babying stuff of AD needs to stop uh, you paid him to be a franchise player a franchise player when their stars go down they show up you saw that with Dame you see that with Steph Curry you see that with other stars when their guys goes down and they need to fill in the void you, you have people saying this guy was better than Tim Duncan well it's time to show it's time to show us <laughs> Man. It's time to say it. It's time to show us, bro. Like I'm honestly yeah. it's time to show us, bro, Because this guy can he can literally come back early April and, and and right the wrongs of the shit and go on a run and show everybody what he's made of and keep the Lakers in playoff flow till Brian is ready to come back and they ramp it up and go on a, another championship type of run. He can do that. He's he's already along on his schedule. He's already, you know, going along with his rehab. We, we were expecting him back early April some point. That shouldn't change because Braun is out. That just means you're scared of what that, you know, I mean, you're a franchise player, man. You're a hey. franchise player. That's, hey. all, that's all there is to be said.
3: Every time you say franchise player, I saw Chris Fobin at the mouth because you know AD was not on his franchise a couple years ago,
2: <laughs> and that's fine. but I'm, I'm saying that the Laker fans are saying this guy's a franchise. I know guy. He,
3: he is. To me, he, he's a. Fr- fr- I'll say this: he's a franchise talent. I'll say that. That's but he's franchise a
2: franchise talent. talent. Franchise, whatever. The point is, he gets paid to be a franchise right. guy.
3: Okay, Chris, go and ahead. I saw you it. mouth, Chris. Go ahead, baby. Go ahead. I saw you put it in the mouth.
1: Hey, uh, look, man. Um, <laughs> I I watched this. This argument take place in many many places, on um, in in many many Twitter Twitter arenas about Anthony for a long time. Whether it was people were hurt, people weren't hurt, whatever the case is. Look, man. Um, I mean, to answer your initial question, man, I think I think whenever whenever eighty's back, he needs to come back, of course, right? But 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 if you're talking about just them, period, those two guys, you know, if if you if you get them back by two weeks and they're right they'll that's enough time I think for those two to you know to get themselves in in playoff form I don't think that that's really gonna gonna bother them too much yeah. I think the issue here is man you're dealing with you know, I, I mean I'm gonna say top five of like bad basketball injuries like I mean you, you're talking you're talking a high ankle sprain and you're talking any type of Achilles soreness man um you know it doesn't I mean from a basketball injury perspective man that's 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 tough. So um while you have to be you have to be cautious with them, you also want these guys, especially in Anthony Davis's case, to be, you know, to, to be on his horse to get back. All I'm gonna say in regards to this this franchise player talk is I'm not I'm I'm not gonna go down this I'm not gonna take this debate <laughs> and go down this lane. Be careful with your expectations because Anthony Anthony is a wonderful He's a wonderful beta for me. He's a he's a fantastic, elite, all-world second option, and a guy as a first option that can win you some games. But if you're expecting them to beat good teams in regards to him making other players around him better consistently, I don't think that that's I don't think that, that that's him right now. And it may take him a little bit more time with LeBron for that to be him consistently. Now they have a hell of a system, you know, uh, going forward to where defensively. He can um he can impact games in ways and just in, in New Orleans for a multitude of reasons, it just didn't happen, which never made sense for some of the talents that they had there. Um but um yeah, man, uh until until proven otherwise, franchise talent, not franchise player yet, even though paid as such, but that's coming from a Pelicans fan, so I'm a little biased, you know.
3: <laughs> it's all good. We 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 appreciate you keeping it real. I think I think that's a that's a fair assessment, uh, if you feel that way. <clears throat> So moving on, Kings, me and you have gone, you know, back and forth. Uh, we have a revolving MVP ladder we revisit uh, from time to time. Um, two names I wanted to discuss today that we haven't mentioned much, like just very faintly, uh, Damian Lillard and, and Nikola Jokic. Um, obviously, with LeBron out and Indeed still out, things are going to change with the MVP situation uh, going forward. What do you think those two are at now? Because I saw, obviously, I I saw a tweet today that, you know, in in some advanced stat, I think it's like estimated wins added, Jokic is supremely like a far way ahead of everybody. The next best guy was LeBron and and Giannis, which were, you know, kind of close to NB, were kind of in the pack there. So of those two guys, who in your eyes is going to be more of a factor in, in this MVP race coming down the stretch
2: here? Definitely Jokic because I think his team is more built to win in the regular season. Uh, he's also been a regular season type of guy where he's competed enough to get high, pretty high seeds in the regular season. Uh, he's been a two seed before in this league. He's also been a th- uh, uh, was it three seed too last year yeah. competing yeah. for a two seed against the Clippers. So he, he's, he's going to get the seeding. Uh, like I said, his advanced analytics are out of this world because advanced analytics favor, you know, Playmaking, which he's an elite playmaker. It favors efficiency, which he's an elite efficient scorer. And uh, you know, what I'm saying, and he rebounds, so he's always going to have those analytics because he's he's an analytic friendly player. And uh, analysts favor a lot of hyper offense. He's one of the best hyper offensive players, you know, in this game. He's the unicorn in terms of playmaking from the center position, best playmaking center we've ever seen this league. Uh, I think he's going to be in the position to, to have a chance at this MVP. Um, I think that, you know, Dame, as we just saw, they, the Blazers lost by a lot tonight. Um, as good as, you know, Dame is, has been, I just don't see the Blazers winning enough for him to get the consideration he deserves. Um uh, they have, still have a lot of flaws on that roster with CJ coming back. Um, so I, I just don't see Dame winning enough to get that love. But Dame is a legitimate MVP camp for what he's done this year. I don't think that should be taken away from him. But, yeah, it's, it's just going to be tough, man. Jokic, I think, is in a better position to get the MVP award. But uh, uh, one of the things that got put out there today, and it's funny because, once again, people were arguing me down earlier when I said he's not a good defender. Said, yeah, I can't. know exactly where you're going. I know exactly where you're and going. put his on and off. Defensive rating, ten just, points worse. Ten I, points worse when he's on. I just, I just didn't do. I just couldn't do nothing but that because <laughs> people try to pull any stat they could pull to tell me that he's a good defender. I'm just like, well, when you actually watch the team, they get scored on when he's on there, and what do you know the defensive rating shows they get scored on when he's on there. So you yeah, know, at the end of the day, it's, it's about getting stops. He's not good at getting stops.
3: <laughs> I'll say today he would. Well, I go to you, Chris. Today he was. They played the Pelicans. They like, he was actively costing them. Like Adams was kicking his behind on offensive glass and finding second chance opportunities at least three, four, or five occasions. Of course, you saw that game go down the wire. Like today, he was great. Obviously, in the second half, he was money, but he did cost him. Like that was an eyesore. He Adams gave him everything he can on the first
2: half. So just to piggyback off what you said. Adams I mean. trash most of the year. So what does that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, go ahead. <laughs> Chris, go ahead. Uh, uh.
1: Yeah. No. I think it's. I think. I think it's Jokic, man. I mean, you know, like. Like King said, I mean, if we're talking about the team the team aspect, Denver's the better team. They're playing a the better basketball right now. They've uh they've they pretty much outside of Gary Harris, they've gotten all their guys that they look comfortable. Um Dame was Dame was on his way to something. I, but I I think right now their issue is they got comfortable with what they had before having having to welcome C J back, which is uh-huh. it's been somewhat of an adjustment, right? Just he yeah, I mean, I, I mean, CJ was having was having his best his best year uh, in the NBA, and then he goes down, and now he's struggling to find his shot, struggling to find his rhythm, fit in right. Because when he left, Gary Trent picked up and started playing great basketball. Now CJ comes back, Gary Trent goes to the bench, and messes with some things. Yeah. So I think what try to figure that out is going to be a bit of an adjustment. While Denver is going to continue, they're going to continue to roll. Um, I mean they they had won eight out of nine uh outside of taking taking that L to uh a team from New Orleans today. Uh but they they had one eight out of nine. They didn't they didn't back to uh the end of March. So uh I think that for the most part that's going to continue. I mean, he's having a hell of a year. And uh yeah, I mean the analytics they they do they do favor him. uh but I think Brian going down opens up a bigger door, not only for the fact that they can possibly possibly end up passing the Lakers in the Western Conference, moving up that ladder. He'll have wins on top of the amazing stats that he's putting up, and that's going to be enough for people to give him uh, MVP votes, especially while Embiid is out as well. The door we in the East, the door is wide open for him, I think, arguably more than any other player right now.
3: Yeah, that's a – yeah, you know – to be fair to you know Denver and Portland do have the same record, but as they're both 25 and 17 right now. But to your credit, they are trying to reintegrate CJ, and it's been kind of a wonky uh, fit. They did get off a split with Dallas. Uh, they beat Dallas close. Dallas kind of beat them down today, so that's where they are. As I said, uh, Pelicans beat the Nuggets today in the Nuggets building, actually. So they both lost today, but they are Denver's eight and two the last ten four seven and three, their last 10. So, you know, they're both playing, you know, semi-decent basketball, you know, at the moment. So I just wanted to touch on that. You know, we go MVP. I think these two guys are definitely deserving to be in that conversation. It will be now that, you know, LeBron is impaired and Bede is still out. It is clearly a, a wide open uh, situation here. Moving on to Chris's boys. Um, got to do it. Yeah, we, we, we been kind of, we, we touched a little bit when uh, Kings wasn't here. Where I had Antonio Daniels on. We talked some Pelicans. You know, there's some stuff he can't say as an employee of the team. So uh, we are going to dig a little deeper uh, tonight before we get out of here. So before I get you hit you with these questions, Chris, deeper. I want to just what what are your initial impressions right now of, of the Pelicans season thus far, up to this point? What have what have you what have you liked? What have you not liked? And then we'll go from there.
1: And the first thing I think I would say that I liked it is the development of of Zion, Zion Williamson's game kind of, um, you know, changing. I won't say out of the blue, but even though it was talked about before the season started, you know, in the beginning of the year, he was still doing a lot of things that he had did before in regards to his actions and, and uh, attacking out of the post. And to go from that to... Distributing more, being more of a playmaker, to reading the floor in different situations, to attack it from different parts of the floor, bringing the ball up the court more and more as the season progressed. Um, that was beautiful to watch. Um, our guy that that, that we're going to talk about as as it goes on, uh, Alonzo Ball. I'm I'm impressed by after having a little bit of a of a of a slow start of, of sorts, especially coming coming back off of the bubble performance. Uh, he's turning up and playing and playing fantastic basketball right now. Um, even if it may not be to the liking of um, <laughs> certain parts of the fan base. Uh, it's been, and when we talk about him, we'll go into some of those particulars of uh, describing the, the, the play that he's at. But, um, and then uh, lastly, you know, I've been, I've, I've been impressed by Josh Hart's steady, you know, for me, um, guys like, Kyrie Lewis has, you know, I mean, it's it's been good to see him. I'm really impressed by Nakia Alexander Walker's defense, you know, um, and what he's been able to do when he's been out on the floor. I I want him to continue to be able to use his length, his quickness, and some of the tools he has, no matter if that shots going on, on the other side. But your guy, Brandon Ingram. So your argument for the year has been um parts how can we expect him to thrive with what's in front of him mainly from the starting lineup right and I think that that actually points to you should probably we should probably be celebrating him a little bit more outside of the fourth quarter issues and he kind of clean he cleaned that stuff up a little bit up you know today right he can't make up all of it but um for him to pretty much be duplicating what he did last year and is sharing as much time as he is with floor spaces that has Eric Bledsoe in a corner, Steven Adams in the paint, and wherever Zion is, it's enough space between him and the defender because they're going to allow the best finisher in basketball to shoot if he wants to, even right, if he won't, right. which, which leaves three to four guys, sometimes five guys, staring at B.I. at the top of the key. I think for him to be able to maintain or keep somewhere close to the efficiency that he put together last year, would, would has put him in a, you know, a small group of players is actually pretty impressive as well. Um, regardless of the things I don't like, I mean, we talk about <laughs> Eric Bledsoe, right? I, I, I'm just, I, I'm not going to mention anything else about Eric Bledsoe. The defense and, and all that other shit is, is you know, is here. And we can we can talk about that some other time. Eric Bledsoe was on this goddamn itinerary, and I can say the things that Antonio Names cannot say. Okay. <laughs> Eric Bledsoe is terrible right now, and he does not want to be there pun intended.
3: Yeah, it's just the, the, the last seven games, you know, six points a game, thirty-five percent shooting, twenty-five percent from three, and forty-four percent from the free throw line. It's just it's just not NBA level basketball.
1: What is that? Like they don't bro. <laughs> I watched late, late in the game when B.I. when B.I. had the basketball and Eric Bledsoe was in the corner. They had, it was multiple possessions where Bledsoe got the ball and the defender looked at him and took steps back. Bledsoe either dribbled or pumped fake, but he knew he wasn't going to do anything with the, with the basketball. And all it did was reset back off of B.I. And B.I. at that point said, all right, I got to make this shit happen because we run out of options here. Um, God, man, I, I we gotta we gotta find a way. That that brother <laughs> is
3: gonna happen anywhere, bro. And, and I said, you know, people getting upset when I, you know, when people like to play with a trade machine. You know, they get upset when I have to throw in, you know, one or two picks to get off him. Like that's what it's gonna take at this point. It's it's, it's reality. He got three years, really, really two years left. The third year is essentially an uh, expiring. It's like three point five million guaranteed, so it's not a lot to get off of. But it's another season at you know seventeen million dollars, right? So it's not easy to get that could be easy to get off of him without giving up some capital, you know.
1: He's not he's not aging well, his game has not progressed, his, his uh, he's not the same athlete he was even even two years ago. Um, I mean, you know, when I see when I when I'm when I'm looking at initial bursts, he doesn't get to the free throw line, he can't he's not he's he's not hitting floaters consistently, he's not making three point shots. What does he offer you? We had this conversation about Frank Jackson, and I'm not gonna put him in that same in that same lane. I'm not gonna do that. But right now, uh, he made some clutch defense. I will say that defensively, he makes plays for you every now and then.
3: Yeah, um, I give you that.
1: But I mean, offensively, man, it's some nights. It's uh, I mean, it's almost every night right now. It's four on five. Yeah, that's
3: it's tough. I, I don't anticipate him starting after the trade deadline. If he's still starting after the trade deadline, I think, you know, some things got to be talked about. Kings, well, you know, I know you don't watch Kel Pelicans as much as us, but kind of what do you see when you see them in, you know, this season thus far before we go a little deeper?
2: Yeah, it's the Pelicans. A lot of their issues have to just come down to spacing. Um, <laughs> just really just what it comes down to. Uh, B.I. is not getting the good looks that he has, uh, that he was getting yesterday. I mean, not yesterday, um, last year with, um, uh, you know, with Coach uh, Gentry, who had a spaced-out offense, uh, very fa- heavily favored B.I.'s growth and development. Um, and it's also affecting Zion. They're just having to work extra hard offensively to yeah. score. And you can, you can see that's heavily affecting their defensive capabilities because uh, mm. they know they're needed to score. When you know you have to score for your team, that always gonna affect your ability to play defense. I've watched Brandon Ingram when he was young. That boy can defend. There's no doubt in my mind he can defend. But having came to the Pelicans, having asked to develop in a way where he has to prioritize scoring, knowing he has to score for his team, it's a heavily affected his defense. And he's not getting coached up properly defensively because of the fact that he knows he has to take on such an offensive burden, not just scoring, but also playmaking now. Because Lonzo himself is not a true, uh, you know, a true primary facilitator.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I yeah, I've had this discussion. a yeah. ball handle
2: good enough to facilitate like his brother, Lomelo. Um So Brandon Ingram has to be a point forward as well as a number one perimeter scorer for that team. And that's affecting his defense and his ability to play team defense. And the spacing is just not making it easy for them to score as well. So it's taking energy for him and for Zion to score consistently, which is also taking their energy from playing at the defensive end. So the roster construction, the philosophy is just heavily works against their two guys. They're just good. And they're just great enough individual talents where they're producing anyways, um, it's the Pelicans just have to the Pelicans have to put their two stars in the best position to succeed. That's just what it comes down to.
3: Man, do you see this tear coming down my right eye with hearing King? <laughs> like it's not just me. I know I'm not crazy, man. I know I'm not crazy. I look at this team and let's talk about Steven Adams, because I'm not gonna deny that there are some things I overlooked. A, the screen setting is very good. He gives guys a lot of space. Today He played extremely well because the matchup, Jokic is a power player, and you're just not going to overpower Steven Adams. However, on most nights, when it's a heavy dose of pick and roll and your five has got to be out there hedging, it looks bad. And I'm I'm a fair guy. So you can get on, you know, I'm careful, B.I. dying on screens, Lonzo not the strongest guy on screens, but when your five can't get out there and hedge at least one or two slides to give guys a chance to get back, right? It's a double S. So you're getting hit on both ends now. So I'm acknowledging the things that Steve now done done. The screen said he keeps a couple possessions alive. I'll give him that. On the other end, it's not good. And then on top of that, he's starting to, he was starting to break down a bit able the all-star right. But again, he was very good today. I'll give him that. Today was, he was outstanding. Probably the player of the game outside the 60 points you get from, you know, Lonzo and, and I mean, from Zion and Brandon to to, to win the game. So where are you with, with the Steven Adams thing? I mean, here's my thing. I never said Steven Adams was a bad player. I said he doesn't fit with the Pelicans very well. I think he can still play. It's just a matter of the, of the fit. So where are you with Steven Adams at this juncture?
1: I thought he was a stopgap. And, okay. and that that might still be that, – that 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 will probably be the case. I didn't understand the extension, and I think that's where – that's initially where, where my eyebrow went up. With, yeah, him, because, because he's limited because you get he hadn't stepped on the floor to play one minute you, 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 hadn't, you hadn't even made it to training camp you know um, so to reward him with an extension on something that you haven't seen with a guy that is limited in regards to the ways that he can affect the game and you're paying him over 20 million dollars you know that that, that that's questionable
2: can you repeat and, that
1: again? Can you repeat that again? You just
2: said that they paid this guy an extension before they saw how he fit with their two stars.
1: What sense does it, that make? It, it didn't – it it, it feels I, – I think it looks – and from an outsider, right, from an outsider's perspective, I can understand how you look at it and say, are they trying to make these guys' life, like, more difficult? <laughs> you know, like, it just it, it just seems like they got a bunch of shit in their way that that it didn't necessarily have to be there like it it's i think they're going to figure it out but it feels like things are a little bit more difficult than it has to be Steven Adams I mean I'm with you he, he I'm not going to act like he doesn't have things to offer them on a basketball floor but defensively with the team that they have right now um and especially without without Drew you know Drew was a guy that you know he was a he's a stop a, yeah yeah straight <laughs> straight up straight up straight up straight up, straight up. Put them on whoever you need to, almost in some cases, one through four, and you ain't got to worry about that particular side. Nine times out of 10, you know, ex- except for, for, you know, LeBron James and Luca, who, who, two tossed him repeatedly, which is fair. That's understandable. They do that right. to, 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 to 90% of the league, right? Um, but without, without Drew, without someone that you can just put on a, a particular talent, um, it's tough because now you need better You need better defense collectively. Zion's still learning when, when it comes to ball watching. Ingrams, whether it be from an energy perspective, responsibility perspective, or just effort, period, his effort comes and goes, his activity on that side comes and goes, and when he wants to be aggressive and when he doesn't, um, Eric Bledsoe's – Man, cooked. Eric Bledsoe is Eric Bledsoe, <laughs> okay? And Lonzo – I mean, and, and look, right? As good of a defender as I think Lonzo is, it's similar to to his playmaking. I don't think Zoe. I don't think he's a primary. Uh, he's going to be a great primary defender at the point of attack against against quick guards. I don't think that that's that's best for him because I don't think he has the lateral quickness to stay with guards, especially today that can shoot the basketball going through screen after screen. I don't think that that's his game, but when you have that that mixture of things in your way and you got Steven Adams trying to clean it up, you don't have somebody who can protect the rim and cover up space, cover up radiuses, like you said, heads, uh be able uh, be able to show and recover. Whatever the case is, cover up spaces, it's not gonna work.
3: That's what
1: yeah. it's it's just not.
3: Yeah, and it's you know to be fair, it's gotten better over the last couple of weeks. A lot of that is they got a little lucky. They they were giving up three pointers at an all time rate earlier. I think a lot of it, some of that was luck because teams would just come against the Pelicans and shoot forty five percent from three on like fifty attempts. And like you're just not gonna win that basketball game. But I think some of the some of the luck is evening out. They've got to steal a couple. Of, like today was a big win against the the Nuggets on the road. Huge win. Bi exercised some of his closing demons. Zion was great again right you got uh, contributions from everybody um so going forward pelicans are two and a half games out of the playing spot uh Memphis has a hell of a schedule in the next month they're also you know about four games out from being in you know let's, you know let's be the way for k territory right um so where do you wh- what do you want them to do you push for that playoff spot get your young guys some experience or you take a chance to throw yourself in the hat for a possibly a generational talent. Where are you?
1: I think you gotta, you gotta go for it, man. You gotta go, you gotta, you gotta try to get these guys and, and uh, get your two all-stars in games in which you expect them to be in for the next five, 10 years, however many, however long, however many years, that, you know, that they're together your two all-stars and hopefully uh, you know, you know the third the third wheel of that. You want these guys in these games to learn, um, especially with the way that they've lost games when it comes to closing and finishing and responding to runs late, and you know, uh, knowing when's a good time to you know settling for jump shots against teams and just just learning how to put teams away. I don't think you learn that by um by throwing the white flag away. No, they. I think they're in a spot. And, hell, I think even if they wanted to go that route, um, if Lonzo Ball is on the team, past the trade deadline, you got him and Josh Hart who are both fighting for contracts as is. Josh Hart doesn't, doesn't have a motor. He can just shut off. Uh, Steven Adams is a veteran player. You're going to have guys that, um, you know, I, I mean, imagine um, B.I., Zion. They aren't, they aren't wired, I, I think, to take that approach, to take that route. Um, it it, it would take some real organizational theatrics for that to, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? For that to, for that to take place. Um, I think you go for it. Hopefully they're figuring some things out. And if they're, if by, if God is, if man, if there is a God, somehow, some way Eric Bledsoe will be off this team before (laughs) the deadline. And maybe, maybe from then, maybe from then, you know, things are able to, uh, to continue to get better and improve because you can't tell me those guys in the locker room are happy to see him when he walks into the gym. I just don't believe it. <laughs> There's no way you're smiling when you see five walk into that building, bro. There's no way. There's no way. I I, I don't believe it.
3: Yeah, just Kings, what do you think? Dave? Should they go for that Tim spotter, you know, fade for Kate?
2: Yeah, I think the Pelicans, I mean, you're in a position where you have to compete to the best of your abilities. You can't tank, man. It's not what you built the team around. You gotta develop B I and Zion for it. the money situation, which is the playoffs. That's what you that's what you gotta do. So you gotta wait, you know. You gotta you gotta just let them play it out and let them compete at the highest level and do what you can to make to allow them to do that. Tanking for picks, man iffy. It's iffy, bro. Like it's too much. You have to wait, then you have to wait on a young guys' development when you have guys who are further along down the line, just things of that nature is just, you can't do that. You know what I mean? You got to go, you got to go all in. You got to let these guys play. You got to let these guys get their playoff lumps in. You got to let these guys show if they're able to carry a team or not. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So you got you to gotta put them in the best situation to succeed for real. Yeah,
3: I'm, I'm in agreement with that. You got to let, uh, there's something to be said about building a culture and you don't want to make guys perennial losers. You know what I'm saying? Like that that, that sticks with guys and they get, not comfortable with it, but they just it becomes the norm for them, you know. So I think oh. you got to go for it and let them know that that you're trying to do something, especially with Zion. Obviously, the Pelicans will have control through his next contract with restricted, you know, free agency. So you know that won't be a worry coming down the line. But you also want to be building something just for the, just for the future. Um, speaking of that, there's been a divide in with the Pelicans fan base. Uh, we don't know what the front office is thinking. We know they're listening. We don't know how active they are. The, the Lonzo Ball situation, here's both sides of it. I'll let you guys go after this. So on one end, uh, you see the seamless fit with, with Zion and B.I. They both love him. They go to bat for him every chance they get. You see the improvement, you know, 14, 6, and 5 a game this year, 39% from three on extremely high volume, absolutely one of the best shooters in the NBA the last couple of years when you factor in the volume and and what he's doing, that's going to obviously be very good with Zion. Very good, you know, roaming defender off the ball, playing pass lanes, understanding, you know, help side, uh, stuff like that. Um, Getting better at pick and roll. pick and roll, the the percentile is extremely high, just the volume isn't there. I don't want Kings to get on me. You know, he's big big on volume. Uh, (laughs) So, but the pick and roll percentile is actually extremely high as far as, you know, PPP just need more volume. Um, the other side of it is he is a role player. Uh his contract demands, we don't know. I'm, my you know, my guess is gonna be, you know, somewhere twenty, twenty two million. People talking about the Knicks are gonna offer twenty five and that's where it get dicey. Um, with the Pelicans with their commitment to Steven Adams, right? You got throw in Lonzo at, you know, 20, 22, 23 M. You start approaching the luxury number for a Smaller market team, even though I'd say Benson I, I give her the small market with the Colts because she owns a football team, so it, it's sweeter than it looks in in, in in New Orleans. so all that being said, do you trade lines up before Thursday and kind of sell high or you ride them out and you try to keep them along with this core you have and build, be better on the margins around the three guys you'll end up you know having on the payroll long term.
1: Kings, because I, I, I mean, I, so I mean, listen, me, 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 and you have, have talked about Zoe for, you know, a minute now, and I, I, I think that, um, I, I think for a while I was at a spot to where I needed to see more consistency, more, m- more improvement, uh, to where I was comfortable giving over twenty million dollars a year right then not only did his players collectively decide we are all going to one way or another show our support for him um what and and this is this is what a franchise that has that has superstar exit demons right you know what i'm saying so i think that um it plays a that plays a role into the fact that you don't want to piss off your number one and number two guy. Um, Lonzo, there's nobody on that, in that locker room, on that team, from day one, that's really had a better on-court connection with Zion. Right. I mean, it just, it was natural. It just, um, I think that I I have a number maybe somewhere that I, like, if if the Knicks come out with 25, and that's tough, and I can tell you I can't tell you if I would or wouldn't or wouldn't go for it, man. But I say this: I don't, I don't think you trade him, man. I mean, I sent you a list the other day, and Kings. I don't know if you had if you had access to it, man. But it, there are my issue is that I, people believe that what he's doing right now—if you're just talking points, points that says rebound shooting percentage—people believe that what he's doing right now is easily replaceable at. 18 million dollars or maybe maybe less they believe you could pay less to get what Lonzo's bringing you right now there are 32 people in the entire fucking league of basketball now in american basketball right now that are putting up at least 14 what is it five and five that he has right now and on that list i can promise you there is not one individual that is taking less than 18 million dollars that's what I'm saying. There isn't there isn't one, and that, and none of them are players that the Pelicans would be able to acquire right now. Guys like I, I think the only I mean was Russell Westbrook, Fred Van Fleet, um guys 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 that are probably not going anywhere that, that that you wouldn't that wouldn't even want to stay in New Orleans if you got them. It wouldn't make sense for you to add to your team, um especially when you have someone in house that already putting these putting these numbers up for you at 23 years old. That's my thing. Why is development, is player development thrown out the window with Lonzo? Man. Like why, why is he, why is he incapable of improving what he's already doing? If, if Lonzo Ball, if Josh Hart was doing what Lonzo Ball is doing right now, we would not be questioning this right now, bro. <laughs> if his name was Bonzo Law, it would be completely different. We would not be questioning the money. But I think it's so many other things around though that really has nothing to do with him outside of his demeanor. Maybe people feel he's too nauseous, nice to lie on the floor. He doesn't have passion. Whatever the case it is, to where they're turned off and ignoring what he's doing on the floor and picking apart his game. When bro, he's twenty three. He bro, the most games he's played in the NBA season is sixty five. He's been yeah. hurt, battling an injury damn near every year. He's not. Yeah. He's. I don't. I. I think we have changed what he is. Okay. I don't think he's a. You know. He's not going to be your your traditional. You're not. He's not going to be a high-usage point guard. I don't think that's him. It's not his game. He don't have a handle for it. He doesn't have, I don't think, the the aggressiveness for it. The mid-range isn't there 100%. He's not manipulating pick and rolls. He doesn't have it yet to be that guy. But if we're talking about fit with this team in that market where you're not attracting free agents, I don't care what anyone says. The Spurs weren't even, weren't even able to, to um collect big-time free agents. I think, I, I think their last one was, what, Lamarcus Aldridge at 30 You know, I mean, at the time, may or may not have been a big thing. Um,
3: And he was from Texas. That was the thing. He was from Texas.
1: He was from Texas. (laughs) And by that time, the Spurs had built a fucking dynasty. So you think the Pelicans, because they have Zion and B.I. people coming down to New Orleans, that ain't the case with their families, bro. It's not happening. It's just just not going to happen overnight. You can trade for them, they're not walking there. So letting him walk while ignoring what he's doing on the floor and thinking that he can't get better He's not going to improve, but he's showing you every year he's been in New both years he's been in New Orleans, he's gotten better, he's improved, he's working on something. I, I just I don't get letting him walk and I don't get the trading him for the shit people are putting on the screen. Cam Reddish.
3: Man, Aaron, I saw then I saw the ringer the ringer trades that they said, you know, Kevin O'Connor is is he's decent for So he said the Bulls offered Thomas Sadaransky in a second round pick, which you know. What the fuck is that? It <laughs> did uh what was that?
1: And then, just oh, uh, be good
3: trades, bro. Like, the, and then Cam Reddish was a part of the deal centered around Cam Reddish. I was like, nah, you DeAndre Jordan, okay, you 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 stay on the phone a little longer and see see what see what's popping. But Cam Reddish, no. Anyway, um, DeAndre
1: Hunter fits. I can yeah. listen to that. We had that conversation.
3: That's funny because that's who Drift traded that pick from. He traded out of DeAndre Hunter to get somebody. <laughs>
1: you could have had DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish.
3: Right, that was uh,
1: yeah.
3: Yeah, so Kings, where are you with with Lonzo as far as the the next contract in the in New Orleans chair? You looking at a trade here or extending
2: at a, at a, at a you know
3: number that works for both parties? Where are you with that?
2: Yeah, you know, for me, you uh, just pay paid market value. I mean, it's not it's not something you have control over in terms of how much he should take. Uh, it's kind of like one of those things where Laker fans are like, well, we don't want to give Dennis. Twenty million a year. Well, if the market for Kelly Oubre is twenty million a year, you just have to pay the to do twenty <laughs> million. Game is a game, bro. Right? It's, game it's, is the game. There's nothing you can do about it. that. It's like fans don't understand market dynamics and cap space. Like they forget that's part of the game. Like there's a reason why teams have to be in cap hell to compete because it's like competing isn't cheap. And there's a reason why owners. You know, not every owner wants to compete because not every owner wants to spend money. It's not cheap to put a good roster out. So when you do want to spend money, you can't be doing stuff like giving Stephen Adams $20 million. Because now you, you're you in a bad bind to pay Lonzo because you pay <laughs> Stephen Adams. And you could have got a vet men big to probably do the same type of impact that Stephen Adams is doing. So if you're going to spend money, you got to spend it the right way. And you got to keep the talented players that it's hard to duplicate. You know, as limited as Londo is as a playmaker, it's hard to find the defense off uh, a sec- secondary playmaking and three-point shooting that he provides at the level he does. So, um, You're talking about 40%,
3: 39 40%. Like, he it takes eight a game. Like, that's that's not like a blip. That's high that's volume,
2: uh, yeah. 40%. That's high volume, three-point shooting with good – with great – no, with great secondary playmaking. Yeah. and with. You know, good to great defense. Uh, you have to keep it on your roster by any means.
1: Uh, I, I just would not go grocery shopping with David Griffin. I just
2: wouldn't. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just not, I just, like, it's yeah. So
3: <laughs> you know, Pre- Preston's not Preston is like ready to fire Griff now. You know, I talked to Preston. Preston is out on Griff. Other guys are like are like waiting to see. I'm 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 damn near out because I, I said like I'm not a, I'm not a, I am, I am a told you so guy. I'm trying to change that. I'm not a, I told you so guy. But before the season, I said, Bledsoe, ugh, Adams, ugh. And then down the line, people got upset. No, no, they're going to be so tough on the inside. I'm like, bro, it's a skill game now. It's not about bruising no more. It's it's a skill Uh, game.
1: Nah, nah. You know what's funny? You remember remember when people was pulling up was pulling up Eric Bledsoe's
3: per 36s and put him right. back Drew Holiday. Right. And I was still that,
1: like,
3: no, stop. <laughs> I understand. I watched – I know Kings is big. Kings watched – did you see Giannis in the playoffs having to depend on him to do something? That's when I was like, nah, because you're going to put Zion in that same position. I saw what I needed to see. Like – and then I tweeted this about five times this season. I cannot tell he's been in the league 10 years with some of the decisions he makes. Like, that's not 10-year vet stuff that you – are doing out there. I, I can have Nikhil come in and make those decisions and kind of like learn from them instead of having you out there in year ten doing the same thing. So, like I said, man, it, I, I, I'm but, not. Yeah, I,
1: I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent out necessarily on Griff because I do respect some of the things that he's done, man. Like, like he's he knew when he joined when he joined the the organization, he was a part of a a, a situation where they were trying to change everything, marketing, identity. They're, they're going from one superstar talent to a, you know, to a generational talent. But I mean, but I guess they didn't even know that, uh, when they, when they hired Griff, um, like the organization was going through a complete remake, a new, you know, a new medical center team. Like they were, they were changing everything that they could for the Pelicans to be respected as a basketball organization. And that probably played into the type of that, you know, the wrestling shit, he be coming out talking. Cause Griff, <laughs> man, listen, bro, Griff, Griffy
3: talking that shit, man. man. And I <laughs> I was like when uh just it's back to back, like, you know, the Drew Holiday MVP thing before I was like, All right, okay. And then the next year, the Stephen Adams, you know, we coming to beat people ass. It's just like all right, man, it's just it's it's like, it's so frustrating watching that 1996. Like, they, they're the only team in the NBA who plays like this, by the way, who put two non-shooting bigs on the floor. The only team in the NBA. There's 29 other teams who keep four guys who will shoot on the floor at all times. They're the only team who doesn't. There's a reason <laughs> why nobody plays that way.
1: Do that. Even if you do that, you can't have Eric Bledsoe in That's what I'm Nick saying. So of that
3: so <laughs> Right. So it's like – it's. It's it's a lot. They got to change for them to still be in the playoff hunt. Because I had them tenth because of the roster construction. Mean Kings the preseason. He he had them not in it. I had them tenth. So they were a fringe for me anyway to get into the playoffs. So last thing before before maybe the last thing uh, we touched on, on on bi what he has to do going forward. Um, let's talk Stan. Where I am with Stan is is I, like he's got a kind of a pass for me this year because there's no practice with the cover protocols in this quin season they got no practice time six youngest team in basketball um right and just a bunch of parts that you know Bledsoe's trying to be showcased for traded Stephen Adams a stopgap so oh. Where are you would stand, because I'm kind of giving him a pass for this year, even though it's a lot of stuff. I'm like, mainly defensively, but where are you would stand right now?
1: I, I mean, look, and you know, like just like just like it's not, you know, I'm not consistent. I'm not putting everything on grip shoulders because I know Trajan Langdon uh, is the actual general manager. Okay, we we have to we have to clarify that. I'm not oh, okay. Jumping on grip shoulders, but um, to answer to to answer your question, with stand, man, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you you have a team right now that is, you, you have so many individual talents that are unsure of like their standing and where they're going to get paid in the league. Like you've got a lot of guys trying to figure out who they are. And that's, that's tough when you're trying to play, you know, a team organized, you know, a, you know, you're trying to win basketball games. You're trying to be in a playoff situation and make game, you know, team winning plays or, you know, have a, have a family type atmosphere. Um, because guys are guys are unsure of they're unsure of roles, they're unsure of you know of fits. They're playing with clunky styles and things that don't that don't necessarily fit them. Um, and you have you you have a you know a bunch of other guys that are that are experimenting on a night in and a night out. Some some guys don't know if they're playing this game or that game. Right. Like Willie Billy Hernan Gomez went from playing ten to twenty twenty two minutes a game. Now he's out of rotation now after the after the All Star break. You know what I mean? Jackson Hayes is back in. Um, I think that with Stan, there there's some late game things that I would have liked to see him do more in regards to, um, helping his young guys out versus putting the onus on them to figure it out. Sometimes a timeout every now and then would have won him a few games. Remember that?
3: Pacers game? Yes.
1: Just call the timeout, Stan, bro. Like, like that's all you got to do. Just call the timeout. Don't 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 let this fail. Now listen. At at some point when you, oh yeah, at some point when you have lost eleven games when you've been leading by at least ten points,
3: NBA NBA leading.
1: Some, some of that falls on it, it falls on the players, but you got to look at you got to look at Stan as well in regards to how things are being managed because you because you're seeing the same things happen over and over and over again, but. He's still playing. He still got to play the politics game, right? Because Eric Bledsoe, I, I guarantee you, it is not. If if I know stand the way I think I do, he can't wait to give to to give some of these other guys minutes. He can't stand <laughs> the Walker some minutes because there's no like you can't tell me a reason Eric Bledsoe deserves to still be started. I, I'm sorry, we got to keep going back to EB, but it, it, it's the truth, right? Um, you're still showcasing some things, and um, he's I mean he's uh he's a guy that. What he was out of coaching for a, a couple years after yeah. a Detroit, so he's still you know adjusting. I mean, it's a lot of adjusting in a in a, in a coach. It's a weird year. Uh, I won't hold this year against him, but um, I do think that there are some things from a, a game management perspective that Stan needs to be better at, without a doubt.
3: Yeah, go ahead, King, Your thoughts? I know you have some things to
2: say about Stan before. Uh, go,
1: go ahead.
2: Yeah, man, Stan. I, I just don't know what he's doing offensively. Uh, I, was like, I I think I asked you this question. I don't know if that's Griffin or him, but this is one of the guys who pioneered the outside-in offense for yep. the NBA. I don't know. Like, I have more I have way more fun watching the Dwight Howard magic than, than I do the Pelicans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's wild because they have Zion, they have Brandon Ingram, and yet, I have way more fun watching Dwight and Jameer Nelson run offense, offense, Keto and Rashard Lewis, than I do watching the you know, so. television. I, I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand how Stan could allow Griffin to do what he did and be okay with it, knowing what he was coaching back in the day.
3: I'll um, say Stan, Stan is very shrewd because they, in interviews he'd be the first one to tell you I have nothing to do with the with the roster construction. He said that in interviews a few times. Like I don't have anything
2: I, to do. <laughs> that's why you know. That's why I'm like you know. I, that's why I'm like. I feel like this is David Griffin um, who handicapped him, but um, you know it's gonna it's one of those things where they're gonna have to accept what happened this year and go into the off season. And, and and really come up with a timeline and a plan. Yes uh, the Pelicans look like they don't have a plan. That's their number one problem. So they need to go into off season with a timeline and a plan of what they want for Brandon Ingram, what they want for Zion, what they want for Lonzo Ball, if he's gonna be involved with it, and how they're gonna build around that and what they want to do going forward. That's what they have to do. Miles Turner. Miles Turner you know, whoever they need to get, that's going to help that situation. They got the picks, you know, they got the assets to get whoever they need to get to to, to move forward with their plan. So they need to go have a sit down and execute and really have a vision. Cause right now they're playing without a vision at all. Yeah. All
3: right. Last thing, Chris. So they have this chest of picks. I think it's like 14 first round picks in the next four years. It's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, You want that thrown in for a big fish. Or would you break it down for parts to get exactly the players you want around Brandon and Zion? Like, how would you approach that? Because I don't see... The, the only big fish I could potentially see asking out you know, Cat, he gave the, that old, I want to win here speech, so we see what's going on in Minnesota. No offense, because that's King's number one team right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we see what's going on in Minnesota. Um, Bradley Bill's committed, right? Um, a couple other guys are committed. The Levine seems like Chicago's not looking to trade him anytime soon. So you hold on to that treasure chest and possibly end up like Boston with Danny Age, uh, holding on to everything with nothing to show for it, or do you kind of break that down? Okay, we need a shooter here. Here, take this pick and this expiring. Give us the yep. shooter, defender here. Give us that for this wing. Or how do you do that? How do you think you go? Well,
1: on? the interesting part is, especially if they pay if they pay Lonzo, as long as they're still in the books for Bledsoe's contract and Steven Adams, they can't they can't sign anybody they're not gonna they're not gonna be signing anybody past the mid level so the options that you're gonna have to build through there are gonna be limited and I think you know they need you know they're a roster that i think needs a three four extra guys that do certain things in which you're gonna have to use these these picks versus because one guy like even if you add carl, carl anthony towns to the you know to the team he doesn't I, you know, he moves the he he moves the needle, but you still have other things that I, I think the team needs. Um, and I, you know, they have other guys that they still haven't figured out yet. So, personally speaking, considering watching some of the heavy lifting that Zion and Brandon, you know, has done, and how Lonzo fits if he is indeed a part of the future. Um, and some of the other pieces that I think will be interesting to watch going forward, like Nikhil Alexander Walker, I think. You can see the type of players that this team needs going forward, and you're going to need multiple of them. I would spread out some of those some of those picks versus going for one fist because um, I think I think me and you differ on on uh, Bradley Bill. I, I I just don't I I don't um I don't think the team needs more scoring as great of a player as 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 Bill is. I think if you empty that chest. And you don't have certain players to go around. I mean, at at that point, those three that can help from a defensive standpoint, it's not going to affect them as much as well as I think it should. Um, So yeah, man. I mean, I think from a they need another wing that can defend. They need a three to four guy, uh, you know, a six eight rangey. They need more athleticism. Um, I think they could use another. They can definitely use a new. Well, I. I think it's unfair. I won't say a new center, but they need they need a change of taste. They need something different from and Adams. Give you just overall flexibility. They got to be able to throw different shit at teams, and right now they can't. Um, and I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen with with Josh Hart, but um, if Josh Hart does does end up walking, I think if you pay Zoe, he will. Um, you're gonna have to find a way to replace that production as well. Yeah, Josh, yeah, yeah. So. Um, I think for them, when it's all said and done, to 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 make to to find a way to to get all the parts that they're going to need to make up for the, I guess the flaws that their superstars have right now, and some of the the holes that they've dug themselves in with some of these contracts, you're going to have to use the trade assets to get them.
3: King, go for the big fish or break it down for pieces.
2: Yeah, man, the, the big fish. Like I said. With all this pelicans talk, man, they need to re-sign Lonzo. I think. <laughs> Priority one, they need to re-sign Lonzo. They need to have Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Zion be their core. And I think they need to build around those guys and, and ship anyone else out that doesn't fit those three. And they need to commit to those three and develop them get playoff runs in, go through the battles, and, and, you know, hopefully at some point you'll know what you need to get to a title uh, and build a title contending team. That's what they have to do. Uh, they have they got their generational, you know, hopefully young starting Zion. They got his all-star talent co-host, and they got a talented number three who can play, make, and facilitate and play defense and make it easier for them. So they just have to go all in at this point. Um and really build around them and trust that they'll develop into what they need them to be.
3: Yeah, man. They just, people got upset. Like I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a native you know, New Orleans fan. So this came off kind of, kind of, you know, harsh for me. But I was like, you guys had Anthony Davis for seven years and still couldn't get a free agent that really moves. Like you have to understand your market and where you are. I understand that guys aren't just, Hey, I'm going to New Orleans to play basketball. It's not, it doesn't happen that way. Like, no, That's no disrespect. I just don't understand the market. You know what I'm saying? Like in seven years, who did you get to, Come play, but like we got Anthony Davis. Who who you get to come?
1: You got you you got Solomon Hill. You oh, exactly. exactly. You got you got Solomon Hill. You got one e. Moore. Man, Tyrus Evans. Um, I'm running. I, I, and then I mean, they resigned Omer Asik. That didn't work. They resigned. Uh, but yeah, it didn't. I mean, continue.
3: That's what I'm saying. Man. <laughs> so I just want to tap in. Like, you keep keep your good players in a small market, man. But anyway. First of all, appreciate Chris hanging out. It's late out there. in central time. We appreciate you, man. Follow Chris on Twitter, Impatient Bull. Uh, follow, of course, Kings. It's Kings, bruh. Myself, JJ mabels 55 underscore MST. Hit follow, subscribe on the pile for us. Give us feedback. We uh, appreciate going back and forth with you guys on it. Uh, appreciate all the love. We appreciate you guys. 100, man. Thank you for tapping That's in. We'll be here next week breaking down whatever happens in this trade deadline, baby. Trade deadline Thursday. Let's get it.
0: For the one standing guard, for the eagle eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry. Committed to helping keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click slash safety or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.